So Travis, are you excited about this episode? Uh, come on, come clean. It's Schmanners. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. I don't know why I'm doing this very spooky voice. Eh, not so spooky. How are you, my dove? Fine. How are you, dear? I'm, I'm doing great. Um... I don't know what happened there. I don't know um, either. I entered a fugue state for a moment. I'm used to it. Um, it's a little holiday I like to call Halloween in August. Not a lot of people celebrate it, but uh, we're, we are, and we're doing it with a very spooky episode. Now you're just blowing smoke. Well, I actually did have a weird segue, but very oh, okay. spooky a, episode. A very spooky episode. So I have a super duper uber active imagination oh now i know yeah. where you're going with this and for a long time not not really so much anymore but for a long time i was so afraid of being like psychoed or screamed in the shower you know being uh being killed in the shower that i would play just the dorkiest oldies music i could find with the justification that I convince myself that no one ever gets murdered to the Beach Boys or <laughs> to Rock and Robin, you know, and so like that. The soundtrack is usually quite indicative of a murder. Ooh, and so like I routinely, while showering, like would throw open the curtain and look just to make sure there was no one in the bathroom. And also that moment, you know, that moment happens in horror movies where it's like the trifold, uh, you know, uh, uh, medicine cabinet mirror, and they open one to like get out some ibuprofen or something, and then they close, and there's someone standing behind them. Huh. That's a very scary moment. These uh, we're talking not about murder <laughs> uh, or m- scary movies, but in fact, we are talking about showers and bathtubs. Yes. Um. Well, so what do you think the first shower was? Huh. I'm going to guess a public fountain. No. No. Wrong. Way, well, way, okay. way, way back before that. Waterfall. Yeah. Yeah, I got there. I did it. So there are there are depictions uh, of ancient peoples bathing in waterfalls, and that's how we know because waterfalls are pretty good at washing you off. The running water really helps, um, and nice and warm. <laughs> well, you know that's another thing. Uh, warm showers, warm baths, actually have gone in and out of fashion depending upon you know uh, the the culture, um, the ancient Romans thought that one should bathe in cold water as it was invigorating and stimulating. And to bathe in warm water was uh, considered effeminate. I'm trying to, I feel like it goes along the lines of like the red wine's good for you. No red wine's bad for you. Dark <laughs> where it's like, uh, you know, there's always the running how this is going to get a little PG-13, but there's always the uh, joke in movies of like taking the cold shower to like chill off your libido. Oh, yeah. But I actually 
think it used to be the common wisdom was the other way around. Other way around. Because I remember, I think it's James Bond would take a cold shower, a hot shower, and a cold shower, like all in a row. Like he would turn the heat to cold, then turn it to hot. Or maybe it was hot shower, cold shower, hot shower. But like while standing there, he would alternate between cold water and hot water. Um, But I will say I, I actually, in many ways, prefer a cold shower. Hmm. I think I feel cleaner. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Travis's Shower Corner. I feel cleaner after bathing in hot water, but I feel more awake and more... And alert and invigorated yeah. after a cold shower. And isn't it better for your skin to shower in cold water? It is better for your skin to shower in not scalding hot water. Um, I'm not sure if cold water is any different from like room temperature tepid water, but certainly it is bad for your skin to shower in very hot water. But you could not but pay it feels me. feels so good. You couldn't pay me to take a cold bath. <laughs> that, <that's, laughs> that, I mean, I guess if I was a professional athlete who needed to ice my injured muscle, maybe, maybe. But the idea of like, you know what? After a long, hard day, I just want to pour myself a glass of Pinot Grigio, sit down with a good... Tom Clancy novel. <laughs> Just unwind in an ice cold bath. This is quite this is quite a picture you're setting for Listen, yourself. Listen, I'm a man of refined taste. Okay, so they had showers uh, before they had like the actual shower apparatus, but basically it was one of two ways. If you didn't have plumbing, you could have uh, a Roman servant pour water over your head through a hole in a wall mm-hmm, <laughs> so like mm-hmm, a bucket of water mm-hmm. or if you had indoor plumbing you might have a, a plumbed bathroom in the way of the water just comes out the wall right? well because the romans they had figured out kind of um you know gravity as far as like gravity feeding water that's how they used to do uh, fountains is right. they would have reservoirs like up on a hill. That's it. And so then, so I assume that if you had some kind of water Cistern. capturing thing on top yeah. of your roof, you could then have water pressure of some kind, maybe not as good as we have now, but water pressure of some kind, right? Right. And maybe yes. even naturally heated by the sun. Maybe. Maybe. Um, and then, of course, baths. Baths are kind of like a no-brainer. It's just a tub full of hot water, right? Yeah, I feel, and I feel like um, people listening at home, I feel like we've done like bathing as far as we talked about swimming pools and like, you know, like bathhouses and that kind of communal bath and how that turned into bathing. Right. We've talked about that. I think also in, uh, when we talked about like swimsuits, Mm -hmm. um, but we're specifically talking now about like as a hygienic evolution. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so then what we've got next, so we've got Greeks, Got Romans. Everybody had waterfalls. Right? Everybody, everybody's got waterfalls. Everybody's Look got around. waterfalls. This these days, ugh, there's waterfalls everywhere. You know, I'm starting to get sick of them. Ugh, waterfalls. <laughs> Give me some stagnant water. Come on. Um, there were hot springs, like in Japan. There's a lot of natural hot springs. People use those for baths. That's lakes, um, rivers, those kinds of things. And without hot springs, we wouldn't have those amazing nature documentaries where the old man-looking monkeys oh, sit yeah. in the hot springs with the snow on their face. Oh, that's the best. That's nice. Oh, I could watch that all day. So then, let's uh, fast forward. To, <laughs> to the Middle Ages. Now, when I think about what I have learned about the Middle Ages, I think about dirty, plagues, dirty people, dirty plagues, <laughs> dirty plagues. 
Um, but you know, although that has become kind of the stereotype, uh, my research points to it not really being true. People still bathed. Um, there's kind of, there's the religious connotation of the, in the Christian world of in really enjoying yourself. Everything that you enjoy is kind of sinful and bad, right? So, yeah, which is still true today. Yeah, still true today. Yeah. So there is evidence that Christian leaders encouraged people not to go to bathhouses because bathhouses still did exist, especially in places where uh, the Roman Empire had been and conquered. And, the wide you know, arc of the range. The empire. wide arc of the empire. And they left their plumbing. Um, and I mean, when the empire fell. It... And then people came along, <laughs> took those copper pipes, sold them. <laughs> when the empire fell, a lot of those things did fall into disrepair. Um, but a lot of communities did have public bath facilities. Um, so bathing was still a thing. They still did it. More just kind of utilitarian-like. And it was very uncommon for anyone to... Um, get completely naked to bathe uh men usually wore some sort of loincloth ish thing and then women some kind of shift um a long tunic with large armholes i suppose um so you didn't you didn't get naked to bathe uh but a lot of the cultures in this era have bathing like rituals the jewish culture uh the islamic culture the Egyptian culture was that still around at that point? Or are we mm, way past that? We're way past that. Okay. Um. So I don't know when times are. <laughs> I've just discovered those cultures had ritualistic bathing, um, and that was going on in the Middle Ages. Uh, and actually, Edward the Third in the 14th century installed a bathroom in the Palace of Westminster. Oh. So like there was an actual plumbed bathroom. Um, but most people just kind of had like wooden tubs. Okay. Uh, and bathing especially became a little touch and go, uh, with the occurrence of the, of the plague in the middle ages. First of all, because it was said that they, they kind of understood that if you smelled bad, that was like dirty. You might get sick. So there's yeah. yeah listen, germ theory is is a, is way past. Listen this. to Sawbones and li and figure out how um, little people understood the connection between hygiene and the plague and stuff. But right, but the smell was kind of indicative. People it was didn't kind like of a to broken clock situation, bad. being right twice a day. That yeah, kind of deal. Uh, they didn't like to smell bad, so there was occasionally bath bathing that people did at this point, but like. They didn't want to get themselves wet all over and open themselves up to evil spirits. I also bet that there was some, I mean, they didn't know this, but it's not like they had water treatment plants or anything. Yeah. So I imagine, especially during the times when um, the Thames was getting, it was the Thames, right, that got incredibly polluted because everybody was just dumping their sewage into it. Yeah. That like, where are you getting your water from was probably... Also a contributing factor to if you bathed in contaminated water and had any open sores or open cuts or anything, probably didn't help. Yeah. And <clears throat> this was one of the points in history. We were talking about that um, where hot water really got the bad rap because this was something that hot water would open up your pores and let disease in. 
It's not not really a thing. But that's what they thought. They also believed in miasmas and oh, you know what? Go check out Sawbones. Yeah, listen to Sawbones. Um, so from then, I would like to move on to the Tudor era. Okay. Um, so here's something that I came across as far as the Tudors, that they might have a dry wash. What do you think a dry wash would be? Powdered? Like baby powdered. Mm, Dirt? Quite. Was no, it dirt? No. Lead paint? No. I don't know. So um, one of the things I came across was when you would rub yourself with a dry linen cloth. That was so- That's something like an eight-year-old does. You're like, yeah, babe. That's kind of like <laughs> bathing by friction, I uh-huh. think. Um, but again, if you were very rich, you might have a bathroom in your house. For example, Henry VIII had a bathroom in Hampton Court Palace. Um, it was more just like a tub, though. Uh, it was kind of like a simple kind of boiler setup. Mm-hmm. When I think about this, I think about like a cauldron. Where it's it's just like in like... cartoons where there's the character sitting in it <laughs> if someone chops carrots into it. Exactly. You can find drawings of the. I've, I've, I've seen it where in many cases it does just they've just drawn like a fire underneath the bathtub. It's very weird and somewhat off-putting. Yeah. Sounds kind of like feels kind of like you're cooking yourself. Yeah. I'm sure they stopped just shy. Though once again, there probably was some some mistakes. <laughs> there probably was a few like, ah, oh, this is so relaxing. You know what? I could just fall asleep in here. All right. So uh, we're up to the 19th century um, where the first gas water heater was made in 1868. Um, and then the electric followed suit 1889. Um, but at th- at this point, really the kind of concept of the shower or bath was being tampered with, right? So there are all these contraptions that were available, something called a needle bath or a needle shower. No, thank you. Well, it's not as bad as it sounds. Okay. So it was kind of like, you know, those showers that they have, um, in like the HGTV houses where it's like got a hundred jets and like yeah. all at different levels and yeah, I know what you're talking about. and everything. It's kind of like that. That was what a needle shower was. It was the, a thing where it like kind of wrapped around you with like these metal pipes and all of these like nozzles. It was supposed to be stimulating and massaging for your, your inner organs. I mean, it sounds terrible. Probably but didn't okay. do that. But. It sounds like you had your own kind of like quick and convenient car wash. <laughs> but people pay a lot of money for those multi-head showers. You know what, though? I'm betting they're a little bit more advanced now, just to guess. Yes. Okay. I mean, probably. To be fair, people also pay a lot of money now for waterfall showers. And as we've already established, those are free everywhere. <laughs> Uh, again, a rain bath or shower was more kind of like that, un- like a circular head pointing down. It was m- a lot of water at once. Um, and, you know, there are different combos of these things and different canopies and cage showers and all sorts of things. Basically, they, um, the Victorians, uh, you, you kind of just like through through money at things to be the latest and the greatest so there's a lot of different uh mechanical things that were available 
just however you wanted to do it, I guess. Which is probably also why there led to so many like uh, regulatory boards, because like the FDA and like Better Business Bureau and stuff like that, because everybody throwing their money at things. Probably after twenty or thirty years, they went. You know what? Maybe instead of just throwing our money at things, <laughs> we should wait like a week to find out if this will kill us. Maybe. To find out if there's any, you know, illegal drugs in this syrup we're taking. That kind of thing. Um, so a lot of houses uh, built around the turn of the century started to have bathroom facilities in it. But, uh, for example, in the UK, as late as the early 1960s, many homes in Britain still did not have an inside bathroom. It's kind of like one of the last things that people thought to put in. And I think where that, did that they keep, where did they keep their magazines? Uh, in the outhouse. What? Outhouse, you say? Like a house outside? Outside. And I think it's probably because a lot of the, um, if you weren't bombed out in Britain, a lot of the, the, like, there wasn't a lot of new construction, I think. So it was easier just to build a second little outhouse to do your bathing and pooping in. I don't think people bathed in outhouses. I mean, they had to bathe somewhere. Used to wait until it rained. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, more likely, they probably just had a, a tub in their bedroom or something. Okay. I want to run some numbers by you. Okay. Three. Eight. <laughs> sort of. Okay. So the first number is one, right? Yes. Elizabeth- I think we can all agree that the first number is <laughs> Elizabeth one. Elizabeth the well, first. Well, maybe it's zero. That's oh, you're not what I mean. Think about. I'm going to talk about... One bath, one okay. shower, right? Elizabeth I is said to have bathed once a month. Okay. Um, Bo Brummel is said to have bathed every day, which was unusual for the time I was period. Say, I bathe every day. But it's unusual for the time period. Um, but he was part of the the incline in these sort of deals. Mm-hmm. So he was said to bathe every day. So people started bathing more often. Um, one is also how many baths were drawn for poorer families. Everybody got in the same bath. Okay. So you would heat up the water and the dad would go first and then the mom and then the children in descending order of age. That does not make any sense. You should put the baby in there first and then don't throw out that baby with that bathwater. Keep that baby in there. Wait, no, get the baby out. <laughs> Maybe that, is that where baby with the bath? Probably because the baby's the last person in there. It was so dirty. It was you so could easy barely to lose see the baby. The baby. That, that's really, I guess, just one number. Just one. Just one. Let me run a number <laughs> a by number you. A number by you. One. But I thought that was pretty funny. No, it's great. That's very interesting. Um, well, I guess I have one more. Okay. 70. Okay. 70% of Americans shower at least once a day. Okay. I shower pretty much every day. I don't wash my hair every day. Wash my hair about every three or four days. But I usually hop underneath like the water once a day. Um, mostly just because I work in an unair-conditioned office and it's summer. Um, yeah. There was uh... a time I remember... Okay. When I was like seven, no, I was 19 and I had a a job and I rehearsed at night. So I would shower before work to go to work and then I would work eight hours uh, in a restaurant as a host and um, 
kind of assistant manager kind of deal. And so by the end of that, I was very sweaty. So I'd take another shower when I got home from work. And then I would go to rehearsal, and it was an outdoor theater in the summer. So I'd get very sweaty. So I would shower when I came home. So I was showering like three times a day. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do that now because I'm lazy. Mm. But also, it's not great to use that much water. Um, they were all fast showers. Does that make it better? I guess. Okay. I don't really shower that often. And it's not because uh, I I don't have time because you would gladly make time for me, even taking care of the baby. Um, it's because I have very delicate skin. So the water on my skin, I makes it kind of red and bumpy. So I have very delicate skin, so I don't bathe every day. Plus, you you don't sweat. You glow. And I glow. You don't. I've never. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our private marriage conversation. <laughs> I've never noticed you smelling bad. Oh, well, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks. Um, you take good care of yourself. You have you, you do all right. You haven't let yourself fall apart. <laughs> I just bit my cheek really hard as I did that funny laugh. Ouch. Ow. Okay. Enough of our witty banter. All right. How about we do some thank you notes and okay. some notes from other Max Fun shows and then we answer some questions. Awesome. So this week, we have a couple sponsors to talk about. First, I want to tell you about Link AKC. Link AKC is a brand new sponsor for us. Um, it is backed by the American Kennel Club, and the Link AKC collar is a GPS locator, fitness tracker, and more, all controlled through a smartphone app. So we have one of these um, that we have been using on Buttercup. First, it, it's quite stylish. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's a nice leather collar. It's very smooth. It doesn't look the way that I expected it to. I thought it would look kind of like a GoPro that you attach in like a big kind of collar thing. No, it's quite sleek. Um, and not only that, I, I, this appeals to us for two different reasons. One, the other day, Buttercup got out mm-hmm. for about 10 minutes and then came back. But like for that 10 minutes, and still to this day, I have no idea where she was. She got out, turned around, she was gone. And then I ran all around the neighborhood trying to find her. Came back inside to tell Teresa she had gotten out. And then I turned around and she had followed me up to see Buttercup, not Teresa. Buttercup <laughs> had followed me inside. Um, and this was before we had our caller. Yep. But if we had had our caller, we would have been able to look on our phone and see exactly where she was. Um, and as far as the fitness goes, as as, be, as Buttercup is getting older, she's put on a few pounds. And our, our vet has expressed like, mm, she needs to lose a few. So with the fitness tracker, let's just make sure that she's getting the right amount of exercise every day. You know, it can be hard because your dog doesn't look at you and be like, I feel great. Thanks for that. You know, you can't be sure. <laughs> um, so Link AKC helps with that. Um, and it has an activity and wellness tracker, has the GPS tracker, and you can control it right through your smartphone. So it's super convenient. Um, and you can take advantage of the Link AKC summer sale for big savings on a collar dedicated to keeping your dog safe, happy, and healthy. Our listeners can use the code SHMANNERS, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S, at checkout to save even more and get free shipping. That's code SHMANNERS at Link, L-I-N-K-A-K-C dot com. Link, A-K-C dot com, code SHMANNERS. Uh, we also want to tell you about Bombas. I think we've talked about Bombas before, but let's pretend that we haven't. And let's talk about socks. Teresa, you know socks? I wear socks sometimes. You're aware of socks. I'm aware of socks. You both wear socks. socks and are aware of socks. Indeed. Excellent. Well, here's the thing. You don't know anything about socks if you've never worn Bombas. Tell me about those Bombas socks. Well, Bombas is dedicating to me. You get it? 
They're dedicated to making the most comfortable socks in the history of foots. <laughs> there's just, I'm just saying, there's a lot of, you know, like those scenes in James Bond movies where Q like walks them through all the stuff. Oh, it's like so that. like, like special spy socks. Sure. You know what? If you want to think about it that way, these are special spy socks. <laughs> they come with a, they come with a, I almost did a really bad British accent, but I'm not going to do that because that's badge manners. They come with a built-in blister tab, innovative arch support, stay up technology, a seamless toe, and they're bulletproof. That last part <laughs> is minute. not true. Uh, not not true. Don't test that. Um, and the best part, I think this is really cool. For every uh, Bombus pair you purchase, um, they will donate a pair to someone in need. So buy one pair or four or however many you want at bombus.com slash schmanners today um, and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S for 20% off. Bombus.com slash schmanners. The three of you enter a cave of a big red dragon and is standing over a horde of precious golden rubies. And he says, what do you do, adventures? I'm a dragon man. I cast fire on him. It's very good. I address the red dragon to say, us, we're the hosts of The Adventure Zone, a podcast about family playing Dungeons and Dragons. Very good synergy. Commit to the bit. I, I, <laughs> I roll to charm new listeners. It is very effective against all odds. Everybody, we're the Macroids. We host the Adventure Zone. It's a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons together. It's a comedy podcast. We don't take the rules too seriously because there's a lot of them and we did not take the time to learn them. Maybe listen to us. We come out every other Thursday on the Maximum Fun Network. You can find us on iTunes or on MaximumFun.org. I think this promo is a critical hit. Hey, Max Fun fans, it's me, Jesse, the owner of Maximum Fun. I've got a question for you. Will you help us make our shows better? We wanted to find a way to find out what the Max Fun community thinks about our shows. So we started something called the Max Fun Listener Panel. Basically, you subscribe to a podcast feed, and twice a month or so, roughly speaking, we'll send you an episode of a show and instructions on how to fill out a quick survey about what you think about that show. Ten questions. Nothing too crazy. You'll be hearing existing shows that we're thinking about making changes to. Secret pilots of shows that we're developing that you'll only hear this way. Uh, shows we're considering adding to the network. And what you think about them really matters to us. So to join the panel, it's easy. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash listener panel. That's MaximumFun.org slash listener panel. Thanks for helping make Max Fun better. Okay. Let us address some questions. Okie doke, I'm ready. This question is from Becca. Should you bring your own shower supplies, shampoo, soap, etc., if staying at someone's house for a while? And Becca didn't include for a while, which I think is a very... Because I wouldn't do this if I was spending, like, the night at someone's house well, or for even example, the weekend. For example, we went down to your brother's house mm -hmm. last weekend, um, and we only stayed one night. I did not bring any shower supplies because I did not plan to shower. Um, but I would say that if you were staying more than one night and anticipated showering, that you should bring your own uh, own supplies as far as like, you know, your shampoo, your conditioner, whatever kind of styling products you need to use. Um because you can't, one, guarantee that whoever you're staying with will have these things. And two, uh, they may have 
special things, uh, pers- like prescription shampoo, perhaps that they need to use that you will not be able to borrow. Or expensive, fancy schmancy stuff. Very expensive. Um, well, let's chain it together. Let's say next question that you forgot to do that or ended mm-hmm. up staying someplace longer than you thought. Quinlan wants to know, is it okay to use someone else's soap, shampoo, conditioner when showering at their house? You should ask them Um, because a lot of people, like you said, have used very expensive things. They may not want you want to share. And I always advocate sharing if you're a host, but there are there are reasons. People have reasons. So you should ask. Um, I think that it's a good idea if you are planning to host people, to go and just buy some generic shower stuff. You know, the the 99 cents stuff, just a little shampoo, a little conditioner, bar soap, and have it available. That way, uh, as a host, you are providing these things for someone to use, and they're not going to use your good stuff. And I don't think you need to do that if they're staying a night. Right. But like if they're coming in for a week, a little welcome basket is very yeah. nice and super classy. Real exactly. old school classy. Um, well, let's chain it together one more time. Combo. Um, and this question is from Megan. Should I explain to a guest how to use my shower or is it best to keep quiet and wait and see if they ask? If your shower is trickier than like a hotel shower, uh, if it has mislabeled dials or maybe there's a little kind of trick to it, the hot water doesn't kick in until you turn us all the way this way and then all the way that way. I think that it's a good idea to explain it. Um, but if it's if it's rather uncomplicated, the same way that's you know maybe just one dial and one switch for the nozzle or the um, the tub filler. I don't think that that's necessary, but if there's any kind of trick or complication, go ahead and explain and they'll be happy you did. Okay. Another question. This is from Kiri. Is it rude to bring my own towels if I'm a guest at someone's house for a while? I don't think it is. Um, But what you do need to do is when you've brought your towel, you should dry it off in the same manner that, uh, that your host is doing. So that you avoid kind of putting them out, right? So yeah, maybe you don't want to add extra laundry to right. there. Yeah. So maybe if you usually dry your towel in the dryer after you're done, but your host hangs them up in in like maybe on a line in the backyard or um, hangs them up in the bathroom, you should follow in in kind. Um, and and I also think the other side of that being if you are the host, um. Uh, I think having a towel planned out, you know, like, hey, and I laid out a towel for you in your room, that kind of thing. When people come to stay with us, I give them a bath towel, a hand towel and a washcloth. Um, And then if if they're staying for a while, I may offer shampoo, a little, you know, travel size shampoo and and soap. But usually I just say anything in the bathroom is good for you except any prescription. Yeah, so. don't steal our prescription medicine, please. Um, along that same line, you kind of touched on this, but let's narrow it down. Hey, it's me, Josie, asked, what do you do with your wet towel after showering while you're a guest? Ha- uh, leave in the bathroom to dry or awkwardly give hosts wet towels? Sounds like you're saying, what do they do? Right. So you'll be able to see in their bathroom if they have a couple towel racks or maybe one of those over the the door hanger things. Um, So you should just do what it is that they do. 
Um, I am of the mind personally, um, and don't at me, that you don't need to wash a towel every time you use it. You want to make sure it hangs up so it dries dries. and doesn't mildew. But you don't need to wash your towels every time you're using it. You're using the towel on your clean body. (laughs) You should wash your towels about once a week. Um, this question is from Alex. I like to play music loudly while showering, even if my partner is around. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Is it okay with your partner? Yeah, that's a trick question, Alex. The question (laughs) is, we're not the ones to ask. I think that what it comes down to is, it feels very situational to me. You say your, your partner is around. Do you mean in the same house? Do you mean in the bathroom also getting ready? You know what I mean? There's a difference. And also... Is your partner trying to sleep? Do you get up early in the morning? Is your partner trying to do homework or work on work for, you know, uh, for work, work on work for work, (laughs) you know? So I think that if you would like to play rather loud music, the person who you should ask is your partner. You should also maybe close the door, you know, don't leave the the bathroom door open to blare your music out, you know, Mm -hmm. keep it with you. There's also these days, Lots and lots of like waterproof Bluetooth um, headphony like, business or like speakers you can get to hang up in the shower, like um, suction cup to the wall in the shower. So that way you can hear the music inside the shower and you don't have to play it super loud enough that you can hear it in the shower from like another room. That's a great idea. Um, uh, Doodle Rhubarb wants to know. Uh, I'm sure my 10-year-old son would like to know how often is necessary and does he really have to, lol. <laughs> It really just depends on your personal body chemistry and what it is you've been doing. Uh, so let's think about a 10-year-old boy, um, perhaps some sort of physical activity during the day. Going out uh, and playing with friends. Going out and playing with friends. Playing some b-ball outside of the school. Perhaps, uh, I mean, going to school, coming in contact with school lunch, uh, with the playground, Outsmarting some robbers who are trying to rob your house and you save Christmas. Right. That could be very exhausting. Um, And then there are other bodily chemicals that may be coming into play at this age. Like sweat. B.O. As they say. So I think. Which, by the way, I would like to rebrand body aromas. Aroma. Body odor makes it sound inherently bad. But what about body aromas? Ooh, aroma aroma sounds like something you smell in an Italian kitchen. <laughs> Just saying, body aromas. Think about it. But I think that it is important for every person to shower as often as they need to. And the people who know this the best are the people who have to smell you and be around you. Yes. So our 10-year-old friend, I believe you should probably listen to your elder. Yes. And shower when they suggest it. Uh, This question is from at Coffee Top 01. If you're taking a shower or a bath in another person's house, how long do you have before you've been in too long? Um, Baths, I think, are different because baths, one can luxuriate a little longer. I don't think I would ever be comfortable taking a bath in someone else's house. You know, I didn't think I would either. And then I was pregnant. And um, I it felt very, very relaxing and uh, it was leaving a lot of my aches and pains to be in the bathtub. If I was a guest at someone's house for like an extended period, like a month, I could probably get to a point where I was comfortable bathing there. But I am I also just don't like baths. Okay, I'm too tall for most bathtubs. 
What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I needed a bath, and our friend Michael Bradbury was there for us. He's so kind. Such a kind man. He let me use his his tub, and he's one of my favorite human beings in this world. But how long? How long? Um, A bath is different. Like I said, I think you can probably be in in the bath up to a half an hour at someone else's house. I wouldn't stay in much longer than that um, because you get pruney. Uh, I think with a shower, and maybe this is also conditional, but just doesn't seem like sometimes, you know, you take a shower and it's like, I got to jump in and jump out. I got five minutes before I got to leave for work, right? Mm-hmm. That's a, you're cutting it real close, my friend. But okay. But sometimes, you know, you're like, you know what? It's been a long, hard day. This one's for me. This one's for the team, <laughs> man. And you get in there and you do like, you do shampoo twice. You do the conditioner. You do the body wash. You do beard wash. You do beard conditioner. Mm-hmm. You everything. I don't think being in someone else's house is the time for that. I agree. Um, and it, a shower takes a lot of water. Um, I have read different amounts of water um, anywhere between 60 to 90 liters of water. Um, but I, I think that as far as time goes, I think 10 minutes really is your max at somebody else's home. Uh, you're using their facilities. You're using their uh, their hot water. Um, you're and they have to pay for that, you know. So I think ten minutes is enough for a shower at someone else's house. Um, you know, I think that's gonna do it for us uh, because okay. we don't have any more questions that I added to. The oh, list, so, <laughs> um, so what you mean is we're done. Oh, look at the time. Um, so that's going to do it for us this week. Um, first and foremost, I want to remind everybody, Teresa and I are going to be on the Joko Cruise uh, this upcoming year. Whatever. This upcoming cruise. Um, if you want to find out more information about it and want to join us there, which is going to be amazing, and you do want to be there if you can, you can go to jococruise.com, J-O-C-O cruise.com. Um, I also want to let everybody know that the My Brother, My Brother and Me television show uh, has moved. Uh, CISO, unfortunately, is closing down. Um, and so now it is on VRV.co, where it is entirely free. Uh, it's only available on VRV if you're uh, Verve. It's only available on Verve if you are in the U.S. Currently, we are, of course, constantly working on that to try to expand that out. Currently, only available in the U.S., um, but it will still be available on iTunes in certain countries. Um, so go check that out if you haven't, including all of the bonus features. Um, let's plug something that's not ours. You can go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the other amazing shows. There's a ton on there, um, all kinds of different genres and subject matter. You're going to find something you love. We, of course, are huge fans of Sawbones. It is a pretty good partner cast with ours. Uh, so if you like this show, I think you'd like, uh, I think you'd like Sawbones. Let's see. What else, Teresa? As always, thank you to Brent Brentel Floss Black for our theme music, and that is available as a ringtone where those are sold. Uh, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter art. Uh, check out her portfolio. It's really, really cool. Thank you to Keely Weiss Photography for our Facebook banner. And you can join our Facebook group. Uh, uh, is it Schmanners Cast? Schmanners Fanners? Schmanners Fanners. You came up with that. Uh, you know what? Sometimes I forget how awesome I am. That's um, that's true. It's easy because you're so awesome. <laughs> Thanks, honey. You're welcome. I think that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVB. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Next week, our show is going to be about... Oh, 
Whew, that show was close. It's going to be about Almost missed for, it. oh barbershops and salons. Barbershops and salons. So barbershops and salons. So start thinking about your questions. I'll put out the tweet, or you can tweet them at us whenever. Uh, join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.